Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter. Here it is, the end of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. Of course, the question is, uh, what really is Mark chapter 16? Uh, I was I was really struck by, in the Concordia commentary series, uh, that Dr. Veltz, uh, he wrote the commentary on the first part, which we refer to as the short ending, um, and then actually somebody else did the uh, the, the commentary on, on the latter part. So hang on, what's going on there? Uh, you know, wh- where is the real ending of the Gospel of Mark? Does it make sense to have an ending that ends on everyone running away scared, right? That's actually what you have there um, at the end. Where is it? It's verse 8, right? And they went out and fled from the tomb um, for trembling astonishment had seen them, right? Had seized them. So uh, very, very interesting ending. I think our, our guest yesterday actually said that he thought in a lot of ways it made a lot of sense um, to have that short ending and that it was his favorite in some ways as a telling of Easter so uh, I think there's a lot of cool stuff, too, actually. I'm, I'm inclined to agree. But I think we'll maybe go ahead and read the long ending anyway, because, you know, why not? Uh, but today I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, my dear brother uh, here locally, uh, here we've got today Pastor Darren Sheik, pastor at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Anaheim, California. Good morning, brother Always a pleasure to good be on morning. with you. How are oh, you? So good to hear your voice. I am doing well and very grateful to be uh, a part of this conversation this morning. Yes, likewise, the feeling is totally mutual, and I'm really amped up for Pentecost. And uh, yeah, I'm just yeah. Uh, <laughs> very, very, very good stuff. Very good stuff. Um, what, what are, how are the brothers and sisters um, at Prince of Peace doing right now? You know, honestly, they are doing as well as can be expected under the circumstances. Uh, We've been very diligent in keeping in contact with our members and continuing to pray for them, getting the word out to them. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a challenging time, but uh, our Lord is working good even in the midst of all these difficulties, isn't he? Amen. Well, I mean, I mean, I think that's that's kind of the name of the game when it comes to Pentecost, right? That it's this revelation of God's working good even in the midst of yes. His Son being Amen. crucified, right? That's and, that, and that's what that what's kind of like what comes to the fore there. And just, uh, I mean, I mean, it's just just so much the idea too of you know the pouring out of the Spirit and the different languages. You know, I mean, that being a symbol of the diaspora, right? I mean, something that was a a result of the people of God being scattered because of invasions and deportations mm-hmm. and oppression, and God using that then yeah. to fulfill the promise made to Abraham. I mean, that is, that is all about Pentecost, God taking human bad and evil and then working good from it. Mm-hmm. Hopelessness, yes, exactly right. That's right. Hope, hope from the hopelessness. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this is chapter Mark 16. Very exciting to be looking at this today. And, um, you know, I haven't, I don't think I've asked you before, you know, what your take on the, the short ending and the long ending is and all of that. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this conversation. I know everyone's kind of got 
different different opinions on these sorts of things. So it's just, uh, yeah, yeah. it'll be nice just to read it and just to have a conversation. Um, but before we turn to the chapter, uh, would you, brother, open us up with a prayer? Absolutely. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bow before you this morning. We are grateful, Father, for this new day where your mercies are new every morning. Father, under your grace, we wake up uh, under the promises that you deliver to us through your son, Jesus Christ. And we rejoice in the new day uh, as we rejoice in the new day of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It makes our days uh, here on earth uh, hopeful and full of joy. And we long for that uh, that reuniting with those that have gone before us and seeing our Lord Jesus face to face. In the meantime, Father, we ask that you'd strengthen us through your strong word, that your word would continue to give us hope and confidence in our faith and joy in these days. For all these things we commend into your hands in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who died and is alive. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right. We're going to go ahead then and read the chapter. And as I said, we'll go ahead and read the long ending, whether or not we count it as part of the Gospel of Mark proper. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll pause or something. Um, but before we, we go and turn to that, I, I mean, th here it is. This is the, the, the final chapter. Uh, we've talked a lot about how Mark is, is unique. Uh, the last uh, couple of times we talked about how it's interesting how Mark has emphasized to us all the different responses and reactions to the Lord Jesus, how people that they can't agree, mm -hmm. they contradict each other, how, you know, everyone from, you know, Pilate on down to the disciples are not responding to him and not understanding his identity as Christ the correct way. And, and that in the last chapter, the only one who seemed to really respond the right way was was the centurion who looked at the yeah, way he died and from that saw uh, that he truly was the son of God. So I don't know. I mean, so I think that's kind of what we're thinking to ourselves. You know, what, what are what are the reactions? What What's the right way to understand the Lord Jesus as Christ? Um, anything else that we should be really thinking about as we listen to these words from chapter 16? Well, I think uh, the, the, the main point in this chapter that we need to be keeping our minds on is, uh, is the um, witness that, uh, these, that, that these early Christians bear witness to of our risen Lord and the word that is to go out in his name. And I think that is that is going to be an important theme, especially whether you uh, accept the longer ending or not. This is the common theme throughout this chapter. That's that, that's well said. I mean, the idea of of witness, and I mean, I, I think you're right that in some ways that um, I mean, I think you were kind of implying it that that idea of witness really is is pronounced in the long ending, but it, it's even there in the short ending. Um, that, yeah. and, and maybe the, right. the kind of the, gen the genius is how it's kind of subtly there. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and just without any further ado, let's go ahead and read this chapter here. 
Mark chapter 16 in the English Standard Version, final chapter. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to no and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. After these things, he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who had, who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Wonderful. Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, the the long ending is is certainly very appropriate as we're um, gearing up for Pentecost here this weekend. Yes. But I mean, it is it is interesting. I mean, well, well, I mean, we'll we'll have to talk about you know just just how how well does it fit? Is there something of a of a turn that you know kind of makes the long ending different? But you know, for for right now, anyway, just just reading it all together, what jumps out to me is just how you kind of again have. I mean, actually, even if you don't think that the long ending's original, it does fit actually kind of nicely in this way that you have again the kind of different responses to the Lord Jesus, right? You, you've got sure. you know yeah. th th this reaction of okay, well th they're afraid. Um, you've got Mary Magdalene, mm -hmm. who she, in particular, is going to be bold enough uh, to go ahead and speak out. Uh, the disciples, right, they, they don't believe, they're skeptical. 
Um, you know, you've got that contrasted with the, the two, you know, and we know that from uh, Luke, this is referring to the two on the road to Emmaus um, who do believe, right? And so, like, you kind of have what we've been saying throughout the gospel, that there's lots of different kinds of reactions to the Lord Jesus as Christ. Um, the question is, what will our reaction be? And, I, I mean, like, the long ending here does actually invite us to that, where it says, you know, um, you know, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. So, I mean, it, it does really kind of fit that that broad recurring pattern that we've seen. Absolutely, yeah. What you see uh, in the in the latter part of the chapter is um, well, as 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 verse eight ends, uh, you know, there's fear uh, and there's silence. Right. And, and and now what? Right. Uh, not even the women, uh, you know, as is uh, uh, consistent with the gospel of Mark, you know, uh, when our Lord says, don't speak, uh, tell any one of these things. What do the disciples do? They go and, sp- and spread the word. And here, when they're told to speak, <laughs> they mm-hmm. don't they right. say nothing to anyone. And so it's it's it, the irony continues in a way, but then so so now what? Well, uh, when our Lord finally does uh, appear to Mary Magdalene, and, and she goes and bears witness to the risen Lord, uh, the disciples don't believe it. When he appears to the two on the road, they uh, they don't believe it uh, at first, and then when they tell the disciples in the upper room, they don't believe it. So you have this continuing one witness, two witnesses, and still this this ongoing unbelief until the Lord Himself appears, uh, the one who is the object of our faith. And He chastises them, doesn't He, of their unbelief and hardness of heart because they wouldn't believe. And so the question, you know, really for the reader is, well, it's our response, right? right. Um, and, and as you pointed out so well, uh, the gospel calls for faith, uh, and faith is exactly uh, what saves us, not our faith, but the object of our faith, who is the crucified and risen Lord. Amen. And, I mean, it really does, as you were kind of, uh, you know, elaborating there, uh, it is it is key to see that th- the right response really comes from Jesus himself. It's it's from um, even even with the centurion, right? It's not like the centurion just kind of figured it out, um, but he he sh- Jesus shows him from the way that he dies. It says you know like in the, in the previous chapter from the way he breathes his last, and so yeah. you know it's Jesus himself yeah. who who shows us you know how we're supposed to be responding to this, and as you said. Um, you know, here in Mark 16, um, he rebukes them for their, their hardness of heart. Mm-hmm. And, and that really does fit, you know, that you've got, uh, I mean, the, the, the same thing throughout the Gospels that, uh, you know, in Mark, what was it, in Mark 10, right? Uh, people are bringing the, the children to him, and the disciples rebuke them, and then Jesus mm-hmm. has to be indignant with the disciples. Um, and then, you know, it wasn't—I uh, mean, where was it here? It wasn't even that long ago— uh, right. Well, I mean, of course, before that, there, there's Peter um, who who takes mm-hmm. him aside and and uh, you know tries to rebuke the Lord, but then he has to himself be rebuked. Uh, but then you know, even when it comes to that, that's right. I was thinking about uh, you know James and John when they go and they make their request. Right. He has to kind of 
correct mm-hmm. them and say, well, guys, this is what's going on. So you, you see this kind of throughout that there's a little bit of an emphasis on the Lord rebuking and saying, you know, you guys, you're not understanding this business of me being the Messiah, me being the Christ uh, on your own. You have to, in some ways, let go of your own ideas, your own kind of preconceived notions of what you want God to be, what, about what you want the Messiah to be, and come and look at me and what I'm showing you, because I'm telling you what God is really about and what, what it really means to be the Messiah. Yes, and in addition to that, AJ, um, the, the rebuke is always back to, you did not believe the words that I spoke to you. You know, which goes, you know, which is the human, always the human response apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, right? And and so uh, our Lord was very clear, even uh, as he broke bread with him in the upper room, the things that were going to unfold in the in the following days, and and yet there was still disbelief. And so there's this chastisement, even when uh, the women go to the tomb. Uh, and the angel says, you know, who are you looking for? <laughs> you know, uh, right. which is, which is kind of a little jab going, why, why are you looking for Jesus? You know, uh, he, he's risen just as he said, you know, uh, and, and so there's this continual disbelief of the words of our Lord that were very clear. Uh, and yet, you know, uh, we can't. And here, here, here's the wonderful uh, revelation uh, uh, in, in the scriptures. Here, is that we, in, our, in and of ourselves, cannot muster up faith that saves us. It has to be given to us as a gift by word and spirit. So even an empty tomb doesn't produce faith, does it? Uh, you can go to an empty right. tomb. You can find it, the stone rolled away. You can be invited to go in and look at the very place where you saw his body laid, and uh, your your fear filled with fear and trembling, and you flee just like the disciples fled when they were in the garden when Jesus was arrested. You know, uh, yeah. so it takes a divine uh, work of God. Uh, to to bring about faith through his word. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's well said. And, you know, really at a, at a few different points, I think we've seen that, that, uh, I mean, you, you read through this and you, you think to yourself, you know, uh, well, why were they so dense and why didn't they get that? And if I had been there and if I had seen all this myself, you know, yeah. oh, yes, I would yeah. have, you know, I would have understood. And, and, we, and we think to ourselves <laughs> and our hubris, like, you know, well, yeah, well, you know, if, if I had just seen the empty tomb, man, I wouldn't have any doubts. Yeah. And I would, and I would just, yeah. I would go all the way and, you know, all the rest like that. That's kind of the yeah. only thing that we're lacking, which I mean, you know, in a way it's just re- really kind of blaming our own weakness of faith on God, like as if, you know, it's his fault that he hasn't given us enough miracles or signs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, but just right. as you said, it's, it, it's hardly that at all. The thing that makes the difference again, we and, and that and it really is like what the angel gets at, right? The difference is the the word of Christ. It's the thing that he said. The entire book, um, from beginning to end, has been about the authoritative word of Christ from the beginning. Yeah, that yeah, you know, exactly he spoke a certain right. way. He said, "I've come to preach." Right? I, I, I didn't mm-hmm. say like I, I came to preach. Mer-. He didn't say 
I came to do miracles. I came to cast out demons. No, he said, I came to preach. And, and there at the end, even in the short ending, you know, you got this young man, this, you know, angel um, who is affirming, affirming, yeah, it's about what the Lord Jesus said. Hey, if he said he was going to go ahead of you to Galilee, then he's going to go ahead of you to Galilee mm -hmm. and death itself isn't going to stop him because that's how authoritative his word is. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And, and notice what the job is of those that are a part of the story. Their job isn't to, uh, to do any work uh, towards uh, either their faith or uh, uh, making God's word happen. Uh, God is the one who is, is the driving force behind this whole narrative, the rolling away of the stone, obviously the, res you know, the resurrection of our Lord. Um, our job and their job is to bear witness to what they have seen to the to the Word of God. That's that is the job given to uh, not only the women, but it's at the very end of our um, of our uh, chapter in the longer ending. Uh, that's the job given to the disciples as well. Well, and, and we want to talk a little bit more um, in the second half of the hour about, so, okay, so what is this job? Because it is an interesting description that you have in the second half, um, and, I mean, in the latter, in the longer ending, um, about, like, what it is that, that characterizes the, re the response of the disciples, the faithful response. But just mm -hmm. a couple of minutes here before, uh, before our break, let's maybe go back and try to look a little bit more in detail about this short ending, because, I mean, they're really— uh, there really is just so much going on in it. Uh, yes. let, let's start with the with the mm -hmm. first uh, the first set of details here. We have an interesting description of three women in particular who are said to go up to the tomb: Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome. Um, and it says that they go you know very early on the first day of the week. Um, you know, and and it's it's <laughs> it's fascinating because. It seems like okay they go, and then it's it's almost like okay so that they set out, and then um, you know on the way they're they're saying to themselves, oh yeah how are we supposed to get in? Um, so uh, very interesting. So like so what do we make of these three women in particular, and and what exactly their yeah. plan is? Yeah. Well, the first thing that strikes me is that these are the same women who are listed twice elsewhere in the previous chapters. They, they were eyewitnesses standing from afar to our Lord being crucified. So they saw him die with their own eyes. And they also were the same women who saw where Joseph laid his body in the tomb. So they knew exactly where he was buried and saw him uh, placed in the tomb. So very significant because these are also now the same women who are going to be eyewitnesses to um, to what happens, uh, you know, in the, in the next uh, few verses. But it's interesting. Uh, I, I was kind of struck that they are going to the tomb to finish uh, the burial as an act of devotion with uh, aloe and myrrh and, and, and so forth. Um, and, and so look at their faith, look at their love of our Lord, that, that they're even going early in the morning uh, as soon as uh, they're able, but yet they have no idea they're going to roll this massive stone away from the tomb. But 
they're going there anyways, and they're somehow going to, you know, figure out how to, how to get it done. Notice that uh, where uh, the men are who they would probably greatly use their help rolling away that stone, they're, they're nowhere to be found. They're, they're hiding, uh, and yet the women are determined, uh, albeit at this point not sure how it's all going to work out, but they're determined to complete uh, what they begun uh, a couple days earlier. Uh, that, that's really well said. I yeah, I like what you're saying. They they have no idea just what is going to be <laughs> transformed out of what their plan yeah. is, and, and and I think that's so key right. to understanding this. But we got to take our break here. But everybody, hang on. We're looking at Mark chapter 16 here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. This Friday, May 29th, 2020, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsors, Stephen and Susan Tice of Frona, Missouri. Stephen and Susan made a gift to KFUO Radio in thanksgiving to the Lord as they celebrate their 43rd wedding anniversary today. And in thanksgiving for their grandchildren, Gerhard, Hayden, Heinrich, Rachel, Ellie, Caleb, Hannah, and Vera. Thank you, Stephen and Susan Tice, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO day sponsors. Once upon a time, far and away, lived a strong and brave knight. Presenting the Giant Killer. Now, you might say to yourself, but giants don't exist. But giants may be closer than you think. Join Fidus in his fight against the giants of sloth and selfishness. Save yourself. A must-listen for your family to conquer the giants in your life. The Giant Killer. Saturday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. The coronavirus has come with controversy and quarrels. Few agree on what should or should not have been done. Dr. Matthew Harrison compares this confusing babble to the Bible's Tower of Babel, and he tells how Jesus brings the word of peace to those who have grown weary of words. This week on The Lutheran Hour. Sundays at 1230 and 5 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Mark chapter 16 here today. It's the final chapter of Mark, the account of the resurrection. Um, and, and we were just talking about how, you know, there's a lot going on in this short ending, so-called. Um, mm -hmm. you know, e even though it, it seems like, you know, incomplete in some ways, and maybe that's why the, the long ending got put on. Um, there's there's a lot that you don't want to just skip over here. Uh, we're joined today by our guest, Pastor Darren Sheik, pastor at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Anaheim, California, where uh, Disneyland is already taking your reservations. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you, that's right. If you've got a question uh, for me or Pastor Sheik and you're listening live, great opportunity. Give us a call, 1-800-730-2727. Or if you're in St. Louis, 
1-800-273-0850. You can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org or check out the live stream on Facebook, facebook.com slash aj.espinosa. Um, we already do have one question here from Cheryl. Uh, we got a question here about, uh, or a comment about Mark 16, 15, and 20. Also, uh, a connection here, a quote from Luther. Oh, I love Luther quotes. Cheryl, good to hear from you, sister. How are you? <laughs> Hi, thanks for taking my call. It's not really a question. It's sort of like a comment. I've been yeah. thinking this for a long time. Uh, Mark 1, verse 1 says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark 15, 15 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Mark sixteen twenty, And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message uh, by accompanying signs. And mm-hmm. it's just it's that, that verse 20 this, the Gospel of Mark is not done. It's going on today. And then I have a quote from a sermon. Uh, let's see. It's A Year in the Gospels with Martin Luther, Volume 2. And mm-hmm. it's his for the Gospel for the Ascension of Christ, uh, based on Mark 16, 14 to 20. And um, he says, um, but they're preaching to teach about high matters such as how we are to stand before God, be redeemed from sin, death, and all evil, and be saved, that is, have eternal righteousness, life, glory, etc. <laughs> I think I, Martin Luther just has such a brilliant way of saying things. <laughs> so I just wanted yeah. to add that to your uh, commentaries there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank thank you, Cheryl. I, I appreciate that, and uh, um, of course, it always uh, brings me joy to um, just to have examples um, of you know the brothers and sisters out there who are following along, and also who are uh, you yeah. know following along those Luther sermons. You know, and, and those are great resources. Things like you know just uh, mm-hmm. just following along a little bit every day, little excerpts here and there. Those those are great ways to just add something to mm-hmm. your own prayers as you're following along and you're reading the word, reading the scriptures. Uh, but yeah, those are, those are some great comments. You know, it's, it's interesting yep. how, and, and I like, I like this, the, the word gospel and the word evangelize or gospelize, right. Has been very selectively used by Mark, you know, like uh, back in chapter one, there you have um, the, the phrase, you know, the preaching of the gospel where we're talking about the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. doing it. Um, but then that word gospel doesn't come up again until chapter 13, where yeah, 13, 14, and then here 16, right? We're, we're gearing up and mm-hmm. having the disciples doing this now. Um, and, and, of course, we talked about that, how in the very beginning, Mark 1, 1, it's that, it's that verb referring to that preaching activity. And uh, I think I think Cheryl's point um, is really well taken that, you know, you have the beginning of the gospel, which in some ways is Mark chapter 1, but this is kind of the duality of it. In some ways, the whole of Mark is the beginning of the gospel because it's after, right, the the, the women run away from the tomb unwilling to say anything. Well, it's then after mm-hmm. that that you get the next phase of this gospel preaching, this, this uh, speaking out. Because now it's on the lips then of the disciples. So, 
Um, in fact, actually, I, mean, I think that's one of the arguments that, that Dr. Veltz uses to say that he thinks it's really originally ending at um, verse 8, because this is just supposed to be giving you what the Lord himself is doing. And then when the disciples are finally speaking out, that's now it continuing, and it's no longer just the beginning, but but the next phase. But yeah, I mean, that's really cool to see that pattern, too. What, do you, what are your thoughts, Daryl? Or, I mean, Darren, sorry. Well, I, I appreciate uh, Cheryl's comment because I, I too, uh, love the bookends of the Gospel of Mark, how it, it begins with the Gospel. And as you said, we, we don't really hear too much about uh, the, uh, the Gospel uh, itself until we get to the very end. And, and this is what's handed over to the disciples to go and to proclaim, to carry now, now to speak. Now they're free to speak, right? And they're giving, they're given the words to speak. And again, it's not that they are going out preaching their own message or doing their own work, but it says in verse twenty, and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. I love that. And isn't well, that well, what the book of Acts is all about? You yep. know, um, you know, this is exactly what happened uh, after Pentecost. So, yeah, I know. And that, that's well said. I mean, it's it's not even that it's necessarily, OK, well, Mark is what the Lord Jesus does. And then Acts is about what the apostles do. Yeah, um, it is kind exactly of like part of the right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's still it's still what the Lord Jesus is still doing. And um, it's in Acts. Mm-hmm. That, and, I, and I like this, that. It's in Acts that you have it brought out that um, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is called the Spirit of, of Jesus. And it's, it's particularly yeah. in Acts that it's made very explicitly clear that it's it's the Lord mm-hmm. Jesus who is the one who yeah. um, requests the Spirit from the Father and then pours it out himself. So that idea that right. it's really the Spirit <clears throat> of Jesus, it's Jesus himself who's still working even um, in in the apostles and in the early church, so it's just the beginning of what he was doing, and then it's the second phase of what he um, has yeah. been doing. And, and so, um, yeah, in the in the midst of talking about phases these days <laughs> and phased openings, mm-hmm. um, that that's really cool <laughs> as we turn here to Pentecost because we recognize that regardless of the the phases that uh, you know the, that the world is on. You know, we, we are in this second phase of the Lord Jesus is here, active, living, reigning, and working through the church. Come what may. And the work that we do, we do in his name. You know, Amen. Um, again, it's his church, his word, his work. Love. And, you know, so, so going back to the, the point that you were bringing up before the break, you know, it's, it's so fascinating because, you know, you've got all these different reactions in chapter 15. Um, none of them are quite right. And the disciples, um, the, the, the female disciples, they're at a distance, um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and as you said, you know, they, they don't really have it all together. And, and I think that's a little bit of Mark's point that, you know, they come and they're, mm-hmm. they're not even sure what they're going to do with this big stone, right? They're just, they just kind of out, out, out of a an instinct of, of piety and devotion to their beloved master, yeah. uh, they're going to go and, and try to perform some kind of sign of respect, right. Uh, for this burial. Um, and, yeah. and the thing is that they don't, they don't really know what's, what's coming or, or what, or what the meaning is. Right. And so it's, it's just fascinating how God takes the actions of Joseph of Arimathea 
and these women mm-hmm. and, and, and they have a plan of, well, you know, let's at least, you know, give our master a final send off and pay him the respect he deserves. That's their plan. Yeah. Yeah. But the Lord yeah. Jesus uses their actions to then bring about the witness to the resurrection because they, they become witnesses, witnesses. Even if the women initially run away, one of them, mm-hmm. in particular, Mary Magdalene, and that's the, the, exactly the story we get out of John, um, one of them will yeah. speak up and get the ball rolling on the testimony and witness to the resurrection. And, and so in that way, it really reminds me of a lot that's going on in Mark, whether it's um, like the two-part healing of the blind man, where at first they're, they're, they only kind of get it, and then it's only later that they get it fully, or, or even really the, the feeding of the 5,000, the 4,000, where God takes you know, our meager provisions and then transforms them, and he transforms their actions and their intentions and their ideas and their goals into his intentions and his goals into his will. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, God's work, even though he, it pleases him to use uh, us, uh, he is not under any delusion that uh, it's going to happen because of us, but but actually in spite of us and in us and through us as he's working in us. So if the church had to depend upon the early witnesses, I mean, where would we be? But But God is not surprised by that. He knows that. But he uses women. I mean, this is this is the one thing that that uh, it's easy to to uh, gloss over too. I mean, who are the first witnesses? Women. I mean, who in the world would have uh, written this story uh, if it wasn't factual and use women as the first witnesses? You yeah. know, and in that culture, the testimony of women really didn't carry any weight whatsoever. And, and yet they are the, the ones who first uh, not only have get the announcement, uh, you could even argue the first gospel post-resurrection message is preached to them, and they're entrusted to go tell others. Um, and so what a wonderful uh, way that our Lord continues to work, using the least expected ones to carry on his work, using... Uh, even those who struggle in uh, belief and who are hard of heart, uh, God works uh, his wonderful um, uh, work of faith in them and uses us, uh, and I include myself in that category, to to be a blessing and a word and a witness uh, to, to others. Amen. And it really, I mean, I, I think— we we also saw that too when uh, i mean you had the disciples and you know they were arguing about you know who's greater and, and then you know he takes mm. this child in their midst right and it's just again yes. this you keeps going back to this whether it's the the child or here it's the women right uh, i mean like here you know the disciples they've all scattered even even mighty peter yeah. right who it's interesting how he's um singled out here in the words of the angel in verse 7 right but yeah, but go and tell wonderful. Peter right. Um, so <laughs> e- even the you know the the best and foremost of the apostles right has scattered and left. Um, but but now right they need an apostle and Mary Magdalene is going to be the apostle to the apostles. And so I mean just you, you see that in Mark that 
whether it's um, the child who's in their midst or Mary Magdalene here or the centurion mm-hmm. in the last chapter, mm-hmm. right? Um, or, or just, you know, think yeah. about it. I mean, the, the Syrophoenician woman, right? I mean, just again and again and again. God just takes kind of right. like the least likely people, and it's those people That's who it. show the right way yep. to speak about the Lord Jesus. And, and then all that does is, as you were saying, it just it humbles us, and it, it teaches us that it really is all God, and he can use yes. whoever he wants, and if he uses us, it really is all the credit to him. Amen. So... Um, lo- looking here, then, um, before we uh, move on, you know, uh, I think you were right that the the words from the angel th- they do come across as as something of a uh, a gentle rebuke, um, and that you know mm-hmm. when, he, when he says you know like who are you looking for, right? I mean, it really is yeah. like, hang on a second, did you did you think he was going to be dead? Did you forget <laughs> that this is the one you know, yeah. th- that you know has yeah. done all these things among you? This is the one who fed the That's 5,000, right. the 4,000, who was transfigured. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you, you remember who you're, you're coming to anoint, right? Um, so there is, there is yeah. that rebuke. And, and going back to, hey, it's, it's the word of Jesus. He said he was going to Galilee, so that's where you guys better go. Um, yeah. But, but, but it, is, it is fascinating, though, that at that the, that the very end here, I mean, it ends on this downer. Right, I mean it's uh, it I mean, I mean, the la- the la- yeah. the last the last words in Greek, right, are you know, uh, you know, for they were afraid. <laughs> so we're afraid, uh, yeah, yeah. So so what so what do we make of that? Why why would Mark be be ending that way in particular? Um, what 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 is he trying to tell us with that? Well, uh, that's a that's a, actually a, a, a great question. Uh, I, I, you know, again, I, I I think it's pointing to the fact that apart from um, the, a resurrected Christ um, who reveals, who manifests himself, right? Who, who reveals himself, um, faith is futile. Uh, and our response would be like, I think you said it well earlier, like the women, you know, an empty tomb does not create faith. Um, uh, an angel, uh, uh making the announcement, uh, again, apart from the divine word and the work of the Holy spirit only creates fear. I mean, look at the response, exactly the opposite that we would think would be the case. Um, they're trembling and astonished or amazed or, uh, you know, freaked out, <laughs> you know, right. and, and they flee. That word that is used there is the same word that, that describes the disciples' response when our Lord was arrested in the garden. They flee. And this, and the, and this fear, which is the opposite of faith, um, and and so that's it, it kind of does end as you as you said on on this kind of this downer like okay now what they're silent i mean how how's this word going to get out what's what's going to happen next um and uh yeah it yeah. uh well well i like i like what you're saying an that... abrupt stark ending right right that it, that it is apparently abrupt but it, it is fitting this this pattern that we've seen. We, we've seen in the last chapter how it was already narrated to us that 
you know, I mean, the disciples, all of them, all scattered, even, you know, mm -hmm. Peter, who was just yes, so resolute, right? And, and he's he, like, and no, the, even if— the Lord if, says, you all will deny me, That's right, that's right. We always, forget, we always forget that, too. Yeah. That's right. So, I mean, so that is also, like, a fulfillment, actually, of the Word of Christ, that even, yes, even the women who are following him, you know, albeit at a distance, right, they flee, too, right? So there's not any one of them that can say— that oh I, I didn't run away I did yeah. I didn't you know scatter in fear I mean that's, that's every single one of mm -hmm. them like the whole the whole lot um, but by by ending here right it really is I, I think um, inviting us into this into this mode of saying oh now hang on a second though so so how does how does this work and and and, mm -hmm. I, and I and really it wasn't until actually going through um, this stuff maybe just within the last like you know month or two. Um, that I mean, I really to to me, I feel like this this came out in the chapter in chapter six, in the story of the Lord Jesus walking on water. That that this this was actually a little bit of the key to understanding what we're supposed to make of this. That when you go back to Mark chapter six, what's going on? Right, it says here um, immediately. This is uh, four four forty five. Yeah. Immediately, he made his disciples yep. get into the boat. And go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up mm -hmm. on the mountain to pray. And when evening had come, the boat was out in the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch mm -hmm. of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost. And cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately yeah. he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. And, and mm -hmm. I mean, and to me, that's like, that is actually Mark giving us like the, the preview of what's happening. And it's like, it, okay, in case you missed it, we're going to go ahead and add the long ending of Mark just to like spell this out. <laughs> but, but, but this is like what happened, right? I mean, in that, in that story, there's this idea of the disciples are left on their own and they're scared. And so even though the Lord Jesus intends to yeah. ascend to the father, yeah. right? He meant to pass by them. It yeah. says he goes and he sees that they're mm -hmm. afraid. And so he reveals himself to them. He gets the boat with them for a time so that they would not be afraid that they would know it's him. Right. And that they would, have their minds opened and their hearts wouldn't be hardened. I mean, I mean, I mean, that really is, Mark's been hinting at this all along. And so I think his, his point is if, if you, if you, if you think, if you're asking questions here at the end of verse eight and you're confused, if you, you're like, hang on, that's the ending, go back and read this again, because I've been hinting at it the whole time. Mm -hmm. That's good. AJ. I, I, I think there's, there's a lot of uh, profound truth in that, you know, as you, as you go back and reread the gospel story, you see this unfolding. Absolutely. Well, well let's briefly consider here, um, you know, we've got about five or six minutes here, uh, some of the details of this long ending though. Okay. So uh, mm -hmm. this, this long ending, you know, all the, you know, uh, the ESV, for instance, says, you know, some of the earliest manuscripts do not include um, 16, nine to 20, yeah. And most modern translations have this note. So, you know, what are we to make right. of this long ending? I mean, as we were saying, it fits in a lot of ways. Um, in in some does. ways, it's just kind of making explicit what Mark 
already had going on. It, it doesn't feel like it's mm -hmm. um, like wrong or out of place, but I mean, are we to regard this yeah. as, you know, actually scripture is, is part of the Bible? Um, is it uh, an apocryphal yeah. edition that's kind of, you know, meat, right and salutary, but not on the same level? Like, what do we, yeah. what do we make of the status right. of this thing? That's a, those are great questions, and a lot a lot has been written about it. I think I think uh, you know there are uh, so many different and varying opinions uh, on how all this fits together. But you know um, it is true that the earliest manuscripts uh, do not uh, have this longer ending. Uh, some some uh, you know many manuscripts do. It's not like there's none that have it. But our earliest manuscripts do not have this ending. Right. But one thing I did notice as I was, you know, uh, reading through verse by verse, I could find parallel passages in other Gospels that support what is being written here. So in, in asking the question, is it scriptural, uh, I would say yes. Uh, any, nothing uh, that is written here in the longer ending is is against the testimony of Scripture. It all it all fits very well. We can find parallels uh, accounts uh, in the other Gospels, in Luke and in John and in Matthew. Um, so, and and and, it, and like you said, it's like someone f felt that well, we can't end it here. Let's let's fill in the details uh, from the other Gospels to complete the story. You know, uh, and. And it, 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 it does, it, it's like a synopsis of, uh, of Matthew, uh, Luke, and John in right. many ways, and, and, and kind of uh, leads us almost like Luke into the book of Acts, you know, towards the end there. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think that's well said. And I, and I think that, um, I mean, you're right, there's, there's, there's a lot of ink that's been spilled on it. Um, for me personally, I... I, I think kind of the what what the the basic framework you were just laying out for us that you know at, at the end of the day, whether or not it's original, um, it's not like there's really any verse in any of this that you can really say you know what yes. no that's wrong or you know what no that's unsupported by the rest exactly. of scripture like all of it coheres, and so in that way to me, I mean I would say yeah I think that all the evidence points to this not being original. But, I mean, I think I said this when we looked at the Gospel of John. I mean, so you have the same thing going on with the story of the, the woman caught in adultery, right? And the, those who were going to stone mm -hmm. her, right? Well, yeah. that, that wasn't probably in the first edition of John either. But honestly, I think you're looking at something that, if this wasn't something that Mark himself wrote later, you know, like maybe as like, you know, a second edition of Mark, like, hey, okay, guys, in case not all of you got that, let me let me spell it out for you. I mean, this, this could have actually been like from Mark at a later time. Um, if not from Mark, very true. who's to say Possible. who's to say it wasn't from one of the other apostles, right? I mean, who's to say it wasn't from mm -hmm. uh, John or it wasn't from uh, Luke, mm -hmm. like coming back and yeah. and just just saying, hey, I, I don't disagree with Mark. Actually, here's how Mark fits in with what I myself have written. So, I, I mean, the, the thing is, at the end of the day, there's really nothing you can say that actually would say, even if it's not original that it's not authoritative. So, so I mean, that, that's how I right. look at it. I say, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not in the first edition, but this is still, mm -hmm. it's still authoritative. This is still the gospel at the end of the day. 
Yeah. Um, and, and I think we can take a, a wider view at the work of the, the Holy Spirit um, in that respect. So, uh, yeah, I, I, th I think that you laid out the framework nicely. Uh, only like two minutes here at the end. Um, maybe just like, you know, one thing here at the end in, in this longer ending um, that really that really speaks to you that you think that really you know pops out and mm -hmm. uh, that we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, be remiss to look at. Well, I, I think Cheryl kind of pointed it out very well. Uh, verse fifteen: Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation, and that is their charge. It's the church's charge. It's our charge as well, whether we uh, have the title of pastor or we have the title and the wonderful vocation of a believer. Uh, we have uh, the, the one in whom our faith rests and, and clings to is the one that we have the privilege, uh, regardless of uh, you know, who we are and where we've been in our past and our gifts and our skills, to proclaim this message because it is the power of God to salvation that whoever believes this message, in fact, will, without a shadow of a doubt, be saved. Hey, amen. And I like what you said. I mean, this is the charge to the whole church, right? And so uh, this, yes. this to me is, is a lot like Revelation, where so much of it's referring to the past, you know, that we shouldn't be reading this and saying like, oh, well, you know, unless I'm speaking in tongues and performing miracles, right? I'm doing something mm -hmm. wrong. Like, yeah. No, no, no. Look at the wider right. view, right? We have done this. We did this in Acts, right? Like we did this because we are part of the body of Christ, the church, um, just as how Revelation shows us how we did so much um, in the crisis leading up to AD 70. So, yeah, I mean, this this is a part of what we as a church are doing. If you're confessing the same creeds, if you're speaking the same message as the apostles, yeah, then you're included in this. The Lord Jesus lives and reigns, and he is working and speaking through Amen. us by his grace. Thank you. Brother, uh, Darren, thank you so much. Always so good to hear thank your you. voice. I look forward to, to seeing you again face-to-face -face real soon. Yeah, God bless too, your people in Anaheim. Love you. Love your listeners, and God bless you all. Thank you, brother. Everybody, that was Pastor Darren Sheik, pastor at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Anaheim. California. We're going to do a psalm on Monday. Have a good weekend. Till then, Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. Thy strong word, produced by the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at KFUO.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.